Hello, welcome to Bad Batch Meetings, brought to you by Trench Run Report. I'm your host, Sean McAnally, and with me today, Aaron Russo, standing by. David Yoda Brooklander, standing by. Uh, Justin Boots Gray, standing by. And we're here today to discuss episode 14 of the Bad Batch, War Mantle, which aired on July 30th. So David is going to start us off with a recap of the episode. Yeah, so this episode starts out um, on a kind of a forest moon, uh, which we later find out is the planet Duro. Um, starts out with a clone trooper that's uh, running away. He's being chased, and he ends up getting caught, not before he sends out a distress beacon, and jumps ahead to the Bad Batch. Um, they're kind of just floating in space, getting ready to do a mission for Sid. Um, and then <clears throat> Rex gives him a call, says, hey, I got to old friend that's in need of help and I'm busy right now. Are you guys able to go help him out? So there's some debate between the crew on whether to continue the mission for Sid and get paid so then they can have food or go help out this clone trooper who is a friend of Rex. Um, so they end up deciding to go help, help the clone trooper. Um, so they arrive on the planet Duro and uh, obviously the clone has been captured by now. Um, they track kind of what happened in that area and Hunter starts getting vibes of there's something in in the, the mountain that they're by um, and tech kind of supports that judgment with his tech techware hardware um, being jammed so they decide to go and investigate that Hunter sends Omega and Wrecker back to the ship as uh, kind of support should they need it so then Hunter, <clears throat> Hunter Echo and Tech go to investigate and what they find is uh, Imperial installation that's built into a mountain. Uh, very similar similar to kind of how Utapau is set up <clears throat> with their cities and like giant sinkholes. Um, really cool looking base. Um, they kind of investigate, poke around and they come to find out it's kind of a new Imperial training facility that's led by uh, Republic commandos training <clears throat> what they believed was kind of a new generation of clone troopers because they had upgraded armor. So they go ahead, they find the clone trooper that's a friend of Rex. <clears throat> Turns out it's uh, Gregor from Clone Wars Season 5. So he apparently survived that, <clears throat> that explosion. Um, and of course we know he survived because he's <clears throat> also in Rebels. Um, so he kind of explains kind of what's going on to the Bad Batch and how it's a it is a training facility and that the troopers are their replacements. <clears throat> With that being how the Republic had the clone army, now the Empire has new replacements for the clone troopers for their for their army. So they start to kind of try to figure out the way how to get out of the Imperial installation and they end up getting into a firefight that breaks out. <clears throat> they kind of fight their way out calling support for from Wrecker and Omega they fly in and then there's a huge kind of a chase scene with uh, the Marauder in V-Wings um, very cool visual effects throughout the whole show <clears throat> um, they end up jumping onto the ship um, Hunter although falls off the boarding ramp and he ends up getting captured uh, Camino's basically shut down in this episode as well and Crosshair shows up to do something with Hunter. And we're kind of left at a cliffhanger at that point. And that's it for the episode. Thank you. So, yeah, that a lot happened in this episode. It was a lot of action, but also a lot of plot. Sometimes it's all plot and little action, and sometimes it's all action and didn't really go anywhere. And this was a nice blend of both. And it, like I was sending out, Hopefully not in spoiler way, but in that morning, on Friday morning, I was like, yeah, this this really sets up our finale really nice. Um, and I just know it's going to be great. And and I was I, I was clenched the whole time, <laughs> the whole the whole episode, like the moment like Omega and and Wrecker are told to like go sit on the ship. I'm like, <gasps> like they're going to get captured or something like they're separating the group. And yeah, but that didn't end up happening. But I was really nervous. So um yeah, I guess likes and dislikes or general thoughts start with let's start with Justin. Mm, okay. Um yeah, not much to dislike about this episode. Um I 
I like how um, it kind uh, kind of starts out with the chase. Um, and uh, the cool fact that you didn't know it was Gregor until like later on in the uh, show was really nice because it's like, hmm, why is he running? Mm-hmm. And like it kind of created a bunch of questions. And then um, uh, having um, having Rex as a cameo was cool. Um, and, I, and I liked the uh, interaction with uh, the group about whether they should do this or not. And I also like Wrecker going like, oh, uh, Tech's got a good point. Or, oh, uh, Echo has a good point. Oh, Omega, the kid has a good point. <laughs> so He's um, not paid for his brain. Right. <laughs> she was probably beating him at that checkers game they were playing too. Yeah, yeah, I definitely can see that. <laughs> like, like dominoes or something. I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Are you though? <laughs> um, so and uh, also, I like the um, how David brought up the um, uh, sink, sinkhole uh, with uh, uh, kind of being similar to Utapau, and then it kind of uh, got me to thinking back on uh, basically architecture. Reminds me that like sometimes like their buildings end up b- being uh, end up somehow being like a part of like the environment that they are uh enclosed in so like uh like with hoth it's mostly like a building like stuck into like a big giant iceberg or mm. um uh like with uh uh edu where their like science facility was mostly like a mm-hmm. building shoved into a rock it's not like like their buildings aren't like separate from like the ground like naboo well okay you could make a fair uh uh, comparison that that too is like, like, like the whole palace is like on top of uh, a waterfall. Yeah. yeah, on top of a waterfall. Well, this um, base but... makes no sense at all. Like, if you had a mountain and you wanted to make a base, I don't know why you would carve a giant cylinder into it. Like, Try yes, there were landing planes, there were landing ships in and out of it, but you could make a disguised hangar, um, and then just you know, I, it, <laughs> like it's so like how, how do you get if you're on one side, you literally have to go all the way around the circle. You can't just mm-hmm. go straight across it. Like it's, it looks cool, but it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, in theory, well, it'd be easy to defend from. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and plus, and plus, like uh, if you guys noticed in uh, Coruscant, where they like go to the um, lower levels, like the underworld or uh, third, well, what yeah, was it, going to be thirteen, thirteen. Um, it's kind of like the same thing. Inexplicable uh, abyss holes everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. <laughs> there's no guardrails to be found anywhere. And, yeah. Star Wars loves their holes. <laughs> it's just like, why? Why not? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um. Okay. So, uh, what else? What else? What else? Um. Uh, again, Gregor is always fun to have around. Um. And I noticed that is like he started to, like his cackling like like. Yeah, like in rebels. Like I, I thought, I thought it was because of the. Well, okay, yeah, yeah. Cause like he got it because of the. Explosion. He's got a screw loose, and it's kind of fun. So um, <laughs> he's like, oh, oh. He's <laughs> it's a like, little yeah, bit drunk. like he's he like, like he's drunk. drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's. Where did you guys come from? Because he's the one that like called the empire on <laughs> on Hera and crew or on Kanan. Like when in rebels, he was the one that called in called them in. Was uh, that, that, was, that was Wolf. Oh, it was Wolf. Okay. Mm-hmm. But Gregor was there, and he was just kind of... Yeah, silly. he was... He was, a... he was like he was like all jazzed about catching that creature they were trying to get, and and they had, like, bait named it. Hunter. He's like, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're going to be the bait? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like been out in the that. sun too long. <laughs> I did not enjoy that depiction of those three characters. <laughs> like like old fishing, it's like retired Moby, it's fishing. It's like Moby people. Dick, yeah. <laughs> I got, like, a... Jimmy Buffett vibe. Yeah, just like, I just, but I love how they retrofitted that ATTE to be like they're like RV, you know, <laughs> like it's yes. just great. Like they're fishing a yacht. <laughs> it's so funny. What a desolate place that would be, though, to just mm-hmm. sand flat for the whole planet. Ugh. So, uh, what, what were you surprised? What like made you go, you know, Pikachu surprise Pikachu face, or you know, mm-hmm. what, what shocked you? Um. Well, I. I want to say leaving Hunter behind, but at the same time, I'm like, well, something's got to happen here Hmm. Um, since we're like so close to the end now. So I guess that kind of got sidelined by uh, the fact that they used the Ralph McQuarrie concept of the Mm -hmm. stormtrooper. The bucket heads. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
So I thought that was a really nice touch. Um, and also the that they were taught by uh, clone clone commandos mm-hmm. in, instead of like re- regular uh, uh, generals or captains. So I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, concept too. Um, plus the uh, commando that like uh, goes through the window and shoots Gregor, and then they take like a ton of stuns just to yeah. knock him out. Well, that's Scorch from the game. From that's Clone what I yeah. That's Scorch. He has a name, and he's. It was in. I think he was in Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but he was in it. He's the like, lead. He's the hunter of the game, Clone Commando, which apparently Dave Filoni is a big fan of the yep. game. So it's like it's fun to see. Like, they're just. You can tell they had too much fun on this episode. And I just love it. He was also the only commando that had, uh, uh color. On yeah. His armor. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's like a mini boss in the in the episode. They, they, he takes like several yeah. stuns to get down, and he's not dead because they were stunning everyone. So he might come back. Uh, but he's obviously on the other side. Like he's his chip is working so far, and mm-hmm. he's he's training these guys. And who who are they? Like I think I think there's a couple shots where like the stormtroopers like shoot shoot their commander on accident. Yeah, like, yes, that was that was like, that was like they're doofuses like already. Well, <laughs> we, we finally have the revelation of why the stormtroopers suck so bad. Yeah, Gregor taught clones, him. It's... The clones were, were holding back on training. Yeah, because yeah, Gregor alludes to like I didn't tell teach him everything. That would yeah. be yeah, very smart. smart. <laughs> yeah, so like he might have like taught him how to be idiots, which is pretty good revenge. You when know? you shoot, close both eyes. Yeah, <laughs> and, and hold your and hold your gun by your uh, <laughs> stomach. Yeah, that will really Literally, get yeah. your target. Hold them. Yeah, shoot from the hip and aim where they are, not where they're going to be. Aim where they are, right? Mm-hmm. If they're running away, right? <laughs> Because you obviously you would lead the shot if it was real life, but yeah, that I'm 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 down with that theory <laughs> as an explanation for why mm-hmm. they're so bad. I'm in A New Hope. Obviously, I'm down with the theory that you know they're supposed to like funnel them to the Falcon, which is tracked, and like they're trying to get mm-hmm. them out. They don't want to actually kill them, but they're they're bad consistently through the whole thing. And so at that point, it's just plot armor, um, I guess. But yeah, this this helps me if you want so cool. if you want an in universe explanation. It's yeah they got. Uh, intentionally botched the training <laughs> so and, uh, and also an interesting point that uh i just thought of and i've heard this from a um person on tiktok and uh it's kind of like the explanation on like why um the bad batch is like stunning them instead of um hmm. instead of like regular blaster bolts because uh, it needs to actually... say tvy7 that's why mm. actually <laughs> that's my thought i mean they can't actually have, no like... it's uh tvpg well, like, so, I mean, if they like had like them, like, like if there's a high enough real body count, they probably mm-hmm. like it's probably the kind of thing that they track for the ratings. Honestly, like it was kind of well, funny how the bad batch in the facility they're on stun mode. As soon as Wrecker pops out from that door, he's yeah. on live fire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I mean, like, yeah, they must have like an allotment of actual body counts, b- bodies dropping, and they used it for that because the, if it's cl- if it's uh, robots or droids, then well, you can slay them all you want. But yeah, like there's probably a sensor out there, like the board of whoever sets that was like this episode's gonna get PG thirteen or whatever, whatever the equivalent would be. Yeah, um, that's, if there's too many like humans dying <laughs> in an episode for mm-hmm. kids, like it's you, kind you of you see dead. a lot of clone troopers drop in uh, the Clone Wars. Yeah, mm-hmm, that's so. that's because you can't see their faces. Um, well, Stormtroopers too. Yeah, yeah, that's. that's I guess same Rebels thing. had that though. They had several kills, like live kills. On or, screen, or the, or if they weren't human, then it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, just uh, say this. Oh, they're robots. Can't guys. see any blood. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Unless you're Finn, I guess. Because <laughs> we uh, need to know which trooper is Finn, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what do you so, think? Uh, what do you think? Uh, Crosshair meant when he said, "I was hoping for the whole batch, but you'll do. Do for what?" Hmm. Are you asking all of us? Yeah, all of us. Or we can talk about that later, but... I don't know that what it is the means crosshair? too much. And what is the operation that is ahead of schedule that he's referring to? Uh, crosshair is updating Rampart, and he says the operation is ahead of schedule. Was that just um, clearing out uh, the Kaminoan base, or was it something else that he's referring to that is his project while Rampart's working on like um, Camino getting Camino taken care of and buttoned up is Crosshair working on some other project that he's reporting on. That's my theory. That it's like a misdirect. 
Mm. Like we're meant, maybe we're meant to think that it's, you know, getting getting Cam, Camino uh, worked worked up and rolled up, uh, and Crosshair is like his lieutenant. But I think Crosshair has a separate project he's working on that we're not totally privy to, and it involves needing to capture one or more of the Bad Batch. So he took he got Hunter. He's hoping for everyone, obviously. Well, he asked for permission to hunt them all down. Yeah. Right, like two mm-hmm. episodes ago. <clears throat> so he was, he, I don't know if it's a project or if it's just more of his personal vendetta. Hmm. So, yeah, I think that this, this episode looked gorgeous. They're all looking so good. I mean, I know it's a lot of money. Like this show is a lot of money, but you can see where it's going. Like it's just, they're, they're really field testing this technology. And it's, I hope that they get to use it going forward and like, even go farther because it just this planet looked amazing like i don't know much about how um computer stuff works but i know that like trees especially and water but like trees like the the amount of detail they had to put into each of those little pine needles like to have it rendered so clearly um must have taken forever to render it and just a lot of time and expense for it for a show for a 25 minute show like it's just beautiful animation it's always beautiful to watch um i think uh, i loved the the, the transition like we're, we're really in the end game of the clone wars era here and you have like the entire vibe of the death star scenes in new hope with even with the music like you kevin kiner just t- just took all the themes from the imperial like sneaking around the bass music you know um they even the blasters are the e11 blaster sounds now they're not the clone the clone rifles anymore um you know, it's like all the sound effects are, are different now, uh, at least on the Imperial side. And yeah, like, like Justin said, they're using Ralph McQuarrie's concept art, uh, stormtroopers, the ones with the lightsabers, <laughs> but the the kind of bucket head look, um, which really dovetails nice as like generation one. And then, and my kids were like, oh yeah, that they look, they look like when Ezra went to the stormtrooper Academy, like their outfits. And then I was thinking, like, oh, yeah, well, you know, like, they move on to the Stormtrooper armor we know. They probably used all that old first-generation stuff for the trainees. And, like, it's just like, you know, in the military, they use, like, the old weapons and and stuff and, old you know, the old camo and stuff, even though the new stuff is what you'll get when you graduate boot camp. So I think I just love – I love whenever they're sneaking into a base in Star Wars. Like, that was one of my favorite episodes of Mandalorian, uh, this show. Like, just there's something about, like, the – the, the hallways and the, like the lights like those light patterns with like the cylinder lights and love stuff it. like i love want my house it. to have Very all nostalgic. that stuff i just yeah it was just like a great time and <laughs> yeah you see the clone commandos which again my kids are like oh man that's in battlefront 2 though you can be those guys you know like it's just great like all these tie-ins it's just so good um and it makes sense that they would have like you know one one commando leading like a hundred recruits or whatever and training them um, at the beginning, I was getting really strong ET vibes when he's running away. It, they they had some shots that were very much like ET. Uh, I don't know if that was intentional, but I I, I thought it was. Um, mm-hmm. got, I thought he was planning a bomb. I didn't know it was a tracker, but I thought he was like gonna try to blow up his pursuers. But um, and I didn't catch that it was Gregor at first till you hear him because they all the same. <laughs> um, but I think yeah, it was really good. I think. It was good to see Echo be the voice of reason here instead of Omega. Um, Echo is kind of coming into his own a little here, which was good to see. I was nervous, like I said, when when Wrecker and Omega were supposed to go off and wait. And I was like, oh, no, that usually never ends well if they get separated. I thought like Crosshair would catch them or something. Um, but, you know, she got to fly a little bit. I actually really liked when they had to decide um, what to do about Hunter and whether to go back for him and hunter ordered tech to like leave without me and for a moment like for a moment tech kind of hesitates to turn the throttle on and then he goes because tech's like the most logical one of the bunch and like even he was having like sort of an emotion there um which he never does and it's just it's like a nice allusion to and reminder that this is like a, a brotherhood and it's not just they're not robots following orders and that that call hurt him like that was a hard call to follow or a hard order to follow right for tech and i just i have such a sinking feeling of where this is going i i have a suspicion that um our guy with the with the sleek haircut uh hauser 
Hauser's next door, next to Hunter in the cell, right? I think all all the captured clones are all in that cell block together, and they're all going to be used some way. And I I have a bad feeling that Hunter's chip is going to get messed with, and Hunter will will either go bad or Hunter will will be able to flip crosshair or something. I think it's going to get real crazy um, with Hunter in custody. But it's that's the the device plot wise that's bringing everyone back to Camino, which is where Omega said she never wants to go back again. Um, that's one of those check off gun moments, right? Where it's like, as soon as someone says, I don't want to go back here, we're going there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, Hunter doesn't have his chip anymore. <clears throat> She's not going to put. No, yeah, they're going to, I think they're going to do, they're going to re implant a chip oh. of some, or like they're going to do something to him to, to make, make him, him bad. bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, nice. To make him on Crosshair's team. Yeah, I guess they took it out, but yeah, if they can put it back or, or do something similar, right? I just have a bad feeling. Or he's just bait to get everyone else there, right? That's probably the most logical thing is that he Crosshair knows that they'll come back for him and then he can get them all in one, in one place and then all bets are off. So yeah, again, I have no... I love... Uh, great episode, good nostalgia, great um, fighter chase or, you know, uh, ship chase there with the tail gun and the V-wings and all that. They're this close to TIE fighters at this point, you know? Um, and setting up what's going to be a, a banger of a finale, I think. Uh, I think the next episode will be pulling allies together uh, and then starting the rescue. And then the last episode will be the big culmination in, in Camino. So I don't know who they would draw on for allies. I think we'll see Rex again. It was cool to see Rex in his like Aragorn costume. <laughs> like, yeah. I think we're going to see Rex again. Like they're going to bring him back in, in person here to help with their plan. Um, Cause he's the one who tipped them off in the first place to this, what happened here. So I think that's going to happen, uh, which is cool. I want to see Rex again. And they should have, they should have never split with him, but I guess we'll see why uh, it'll make sense overall. But uh, yeah, those are my thoughts for now. Aaron. Um, so what I liked, um, I agree. I had the same thought that like this episode made me realize like how just visually, like the production quality of this animation is amazing. Like the things they do with detail, with light. It's amazing. It's, it's just, it's stunning and the artwork and the, just everything. It's such a, and it's so if you watch some of the old Clone Wars and then watch this, it's like, wow. <laughs> it's like going from VHS to DVD. It's like, this is something that I think you take for granted after a while, but it's like, this show looks so good. Um, and that's important because, I mean, the animation, it, it, it is even more than live action. Like, it's a visual medium. Like, mm-hmm. if the animation doesn't work, mm-hmm. whatever it is, it doesn't have to be as fancy as this to work, but like, it works like i mean there's so many there's in every episode there's been moments where i'm just like that mm-hmm. is so cool like how did they do that um or you're just in awe of just the spectacle of of what you're seeing so i thought this episode really affirmed that and it was just a f- just so many times where i was just like wow this is so cool to just see and look at um i loved all the visual and music and even sound effect effect um, Easter eggs that were in this. Did anybody pick up on the podcat the the pod race? The yes, pod? with the the Marauders engines. Engine, yeah. Yes. Like, like there was just so many little things in this episode that called visually or musically or sound effects to different parts of the Star Wars universe and different eras and all of that is so much fun. Um, I think obviously I loved that we're back in the main storyline. So I really, I really liked that we got back into like exploring how the transition from clones to stormtroopers is such an important part of the story. And like we got back into that and I thought that was super cool. I think it was good to know that they, they actually did like go through the effort to have like a transitional Mm -hmm. visual effect for the stormtroopers like they don't look like original trilogy yet but they're not clones i thought that was cool and i like i like the idea that like you have these clones who are training right but they're also not all cooperating Mm -hmm. um 
I do think, and I'm interested to hear what David has to say, but I'm still a little bit frustrated with the, the lack of explanation for why some clones just full-blown just mm-hmm. blow off the chip and just don't do anything they, they're told to do anymore. I think it. I don't dislike that. I think it's very heartwarming to see like the clones still be the clones. Um, but I still, I'm not really sure how that works. But yeah, like Gregor is no different post Order 66 than he was before. Mm-hmm. Seems but he was, to be completely. He was, he was following orders, and then he, at some point, I guess, decided. Yeah. Not to. Yeah, he yeah. just decided, but mm-hmm. he didn't want to do it. We don't get any. I guess. I mean, I guess it's, it is, I guess it's not fair to say that we don't get, I mean, like we do, we do get all the way from season seven of Clone Wars, the idea that you can resist the Mm -hmm. chip, but it just seems like the spectrum is like everything from just like, cause like when we first, like in, in Revenge of the Sith, no one disobeys, right? Like that's just a hundred percent, right? Like, and then, and then even in this, in the Bad Batch, right? Like initially, like. There's no indication that there's any clones that can resist it. Resist it. Like that's like they're that first couple of episodes, like it's like they're all just turned into just bloodthirsty robots who follow orders. Um so but I do think that it's it's just interesting. I think I think what they're showing is more realistic, right? Like it's there's gonna be this complexity, right? Like you're trying to replace this army with another army and, and, and the Empire, you know, they're so they they're exploiting the clones. You know, and the, and they don't take into consideration. Hey, these guys might actually wake up and be like, "Hey, screw this!" Like, train our replacements. You know, what are you talking about? Um, but I I just love that. I like I like the backdrop of that part of the story of the, the that transition, and I think they handled that really well. Um, I really like the the stuff on Camino. Very dark. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the Kaminoans yeah. are. It's really interesting. I think that storyline is so interesting because it's like on the one hand the Kaminoans like, like screw them. Like they're terrible, except for that one scientist. Like mm-hmm. they're terrible. Like, I feel like they kind of feel like the Empire and the Kaminoans deserve each other. Like it's yeah, like, like they're none of they're, they're all selfish and doing their own thing. Like everything the Kaminoans do, with the exception of was is it Nalase? Yep. Everybody, every Kaminoan is totally like like. They don't care about anything other than keeping their revenue going was lama say the one that told the young the young ones like your training will be completed somewhere else or was that a different kaminoan no i think it was the same one so she they were trying she was cooperating with the other kaminoans because they were trying to evacuate yeah and that's consistent because i think she cares about the clones yeah whereas the other kaminoans are just like this is our ip Mm -hmm. don't let it you know we got we got to stay in business and so i think that that, that's why i I love i love the, the that scene where where Rampart just basically shows, shows up and is like, okay, your time's up. We contract this, yeah. terminate the contract, and then terminate, they imply that they're terminating him. Um, For sure. I think that was definitely. They just didn't have shots like, going off. Close the door. Yeah. And like, I love how that, that I think that does create a, an effective bridge to the Mandalorian and the idea that Kaminoan research, mm-hmm. you know, cloning research will continue and so on. Um, just but without I just, those species doing it. I just it. think it's yeah. even going back to when uh, Lama Su gets killed. Like, it's just fun. It's just interesting. Like, it's just the Kaminoans and Camino are like kind of just this. It's just yeah. It's the, I, so I, I just really that was another plot point that that part of the plot really moved mm-hmm. forward. Like mm-hmm. that, that yep. we were getting to the point where we know like you guys are doomed. Like, hmm. um, and. Yeah, every all of it was good. Um, all the stuff on the, you know, I thought that the, you know, the rescue was was good. I will say, I will say that <clears throat> the first time I watched it, I was getting, I found myself if I for so for a negative, like, I found myself a little bit frustrated in the first five minutes, because it was like as soon as the show started, I was like, I can predict everything every character is gonna say in this scene. Rex is gonna come on. He's gonna say we need help. Hunter's gonna be non-committal. Hmm. Omega's gonna say no it doesn't matter if we get paid we need to help I was like this is getting a little too predictable like and it kind of yep. irritated me and I got a little bit irritated with like I, I feel like there's a little bit of a problem with how they're handling Hunter's character because he's just become like directionless he's like he's like he's just basically there to be told what the right thing is to do by Omega yeah he's point. not the agent 
he you know what I mean like not at all he's, like, he's like the he's... shell of a leader like he's a why is he the leader if he's not doesn't have the vision and doesn't have the sense of direction of this is what I think we should do and he's able to get other people on board with his vision he, yeah. he's just the ranking person but he's not the moral center of their group which yeah. seems to be Omega or Echo and Echo and Echo only chimes in in this episode because now they're actually dealing with people he knows like regs that he knows mm -hmm. right? like he's like you know um but that was a little irritating to me just that beginning part i was like okay like gee i wonder who's how everybody's going to react to this request and it was pretty obvious and that's exactly what happened and it's like and i also just don't know that it, it's like i understand that they're trying to find their way but that feeling that they're struggling with that is lost to me. I don't feel that anymore. Like, I just kind of feel like they're just mm -hmm. like... Because it's happened so often. Yeah, it's like, yeah. we're doing a thing for Sid. Well, and they don't seem to learn the lesson. Like, it's not like Hunter's... The next time that he's presented with one of these dilemmas, he's like, oh, yeah, last time I thought my knee jerk was this way, and then I got convinced, and it turned out okay. So this time I'm going to not resist, and we're going to go right to that. Right. right. He's not, like, learning the lesson. He just keeps having to have the same lesson over and over. Uh, from situation to situation, he's not really learning the lesson yet. And he he just doesn't seem to have like an i an i an i an ideal or a compass that's directing mm -hmm. him. And it I don't I'm not really sure. I'm not like if I if I got a sense that I understood what his struggle was, why he keeps resisting the obvious course that he should take, then I guess that would work better. But it just seems like he's just utterly neutral. Um, Maybe it's because the clones never had any real decision-making authority, and like they're literally just they have they're atrophied in that way. Like they don't know how to make decisions when they're autonomous. But there's like, mm -hmm. but there's clones all around him doing that. Like, yeah, like, true. There's ones well, with their chips activated who are who are making huge decisions against like you know they're based on their moral code or whatever. Um, like Crosshair, because Crosshair is working on his programming from Order 66. Right, but like Rex, well, Rex doesn't have his chip anymore, but... Um, yeah, true, Rex has a but, has a vision or whatever. Um, the character that they were... I, I just drew a blank on. Gregor. Gregor, um, Hauser. I mean, I'm assuming that the, it's the other ones that laid down their guns in that one episode, but either way, I mean, I just feel like that, mm -hmm. that part of it is just like, okay, like... So I think it's really interesting. I did not see the hunter getting captured thing coming at all. Hmm. Um, and I think that it was actually because of what I was feeling about the character. That's perfect. Like, so now it's like, mm -hmm. now he's the one that needs to get rescued. Yeah. Right? And it's like, dang, I bet you hope Omega pipes up when they start deciding what they're going to do now. Well, he, he kind of did. I mean, he called them off. He said, it's an right. order. Leave me alone. Even with Omega on the radio, like begging him to reconsider. And I, I, you know, the others would have, like, if he would have been like, yeah, come back for me, they would have done it. They would have been like, they would not have been like, oh, sorry, the logical right. course of action is X. Um, so they do listen to him. Well, but... and the story, the storyline forced him to make a sacrificial decision, yeah. which was, I mean, it was, there's no way they're going to come and get him. He's like literally yeah, about to be captured guys. in that moment. Yep. So yep. it's like, yep. yeah, no, no rescue. Um, but yeah, so that's the only thing that like I I feel like the episode recovered from that for me and like I got back into the story and I was like 100% mm -hmm. in um and I I loved that like the combination of that final scene with the Kaminoans and the Empire and then with Crosshair and and um and Hunter I think just really set up like like the fact that like um very similar to Empire Strikes Back, like the kind of like the bad guys have the upper hand at the end of this episode. Mm -hmm. And that's a good place to be going into the last two episodes. Like that feeling of like, uh, that feeling, just like the feeling you had at the end of Empire with like Han being captured and, and yeah. everybody. It's like Hunter being captured, I think was a very good, Hunters. made him vulnerable, mm -hmm. kept us, yeah. And like the way that Crosshair is just so, dark and ominous he is he is him. like when he when he stepped out like man that guy's he's got a menacing presence he's just so tall and lanky and that suit of his and he's just it's amazing how they turned this guy into the villain he's a bad man um he was always like the darkest one of them all like he was mm -hmm. just the cool operator and you know had no compassion or anything he was just cold 
Um, so I guess it's no surprise that he's the bad guy, but it's like, man, they really dialed him up to a mm-hmm. 11 mm-hmm. as like a menacing, threatening And like the scars presence. on his head now. Yep. And the, like, it's just, he's, yeah. he's, he's very, yeah. And that's, I mean, for that and for and many other reasons, I just, I, I'm more and more inclined to think that he's not going to have a redemption arc. It would be uh, at this point out of the blue, like it would come out of nowhere. I mean, it would be unearned or whatever. Depending on how much, unless you, they take two episodes to build it up. Um, well, it depends on how much you been. accept the chip being the only reason yeah. that he's so doggone evil. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. But then, but if you do a bunch of terrible things under programming, and then you get unprogrammed, like it would be very jarring to like suddenly accept. It's cold. It's like if they if he like executes Hunter and then the chips get taken out and then it's like oh well welcome back to the family like never mind all the terrible things you did on a programming that's a lot to deal with. That's what Falcon and Winter Soldier explores with Bucky. It's like he's even though he knows that technically it wasn't his fault like it was still him. He still Mm -hmm. did it in his Mm -hmm. body right like he's like struggling with that. I don't know if that's where they would go with Crosshair. They could. Mm -hmm. Um, Like in season two, he's by season two he's recovered but he's not he's on his way to recovery like he's he switched sides but he's he they can make him yeah, into bucky for season two is one way they could go with this potentially um if they don't kill him off or keep him as the bad guy it's kind of the three directions they could go with him right now i will say that no one has mentioned yet and i'm not sure if david was going to but we actually got a useful gonk i was gonna say that (laughs) well it's funny what what cracked me up is that he was like running around panicking and so omega's like hey hey come over here and he's like oh yeah this is what i do i plug it like the moment the one moment he's needed he's like out freaking out running around (laughs) yeah using him as a power cell and and then uh, yeah and then he just gets fried poor guy called it yeah i'm sure he's okay but yeah that's right you did now i understand l3's resist like you know yeah they're just rebellion. extremely droids utilitarian. Droids just, just, yeah, yeah. But like, it's just funny how like the one thing he's good at, he was like nowhere to be found, or he was on his way to running away when he's needed at the power council. <laughs> Gonk droids just they crack me up so much. Well, Wrecker and Omega were using them as like a yeah as their table. tabletop for for their game. <laughs> it's like in that one episode when yeah, like those guys are coming on the ship and she's like Gonky hide and he's like he looks around like and they just plops down <laughs> and then they just ignore him because they would ignore just the Gonk droid because <laughs> you know. This is great. I really hope that I hope that that is how Grogu got out of the Jedi Temple is hiding in a gonk droid. And oh, just, I just gonks out of there, gonk, gonk, and he's just in it. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> like they're they're kind of hollow on the inside, you know, enough for a baby mm-hmm. to get out. Yeah, that'd be great, but probably not. <laughs> I mean, he'd be he would be really small, right? Fifty years before this. Or whatever, yeah. like or however long, 30 ish years, twenty five years, Baby Yoda would be even smaller, so he, he could fit any. He could fit in anything. Yeah, yeah, that would be great too. A mouse <laughs> droid gets him out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they... yeah. Good point though. Yeah, Gonk, Gonky gets he got the gun. some he got the gets gun. one moment of yeah. saves the day. I mean, he really saved the day. Like, if he hadn't done that, they would have crashed, right? So he does save the day for sure. Mm-hmm. That's one of those things that Star Wars just does so well. Like those little things that just like that most people wouldn't pick up on. We were like, you know, like, oh, you know, they, they, they take the time to intentionally yeah. give a gonk droid a little moment. You know, it's like most yeah. people probably just don't even see it. But like, <laughs> oh, the droid right just here. got fried. Mm-hmm. Other people, gonky. Yeah, she had named it and like had given it a like a pet. It's like a pet to her because she's got a big heart. I think, did you notice how she was, like, Hunter was sitting there flipping his knife around at the beginning, and yes. then she's flipping around mm-hmm. the screwdriver, yeah. trying to, like, learn how he's flipping that, and, like, she that just solidifies for me, like, her her superpower is, like, extremely quick learner at stuff, like, she's very observant and very quick to learn things, and she picks stuff up, right? Whether that's just, like, her personality as a clone, um, or, like, maybe that's, like, the resourcefulness of a Jango Fett is it strong in her, right? So, maybe that's not her enhancement, but she has that pattern. She's always kind of watching and learning and doing whatever. Like she learned how to fly from tech, right? And all this stuff. Um, and so I think that's, that, that was a hint there. And she's like, she watches how he does it. And then she just starts flipping her screwdriver around, just like he was flipping his knife around, which seems, uh, in terms of risk reward, flipping a knife around like that just doesn't seem like if you mess up at all, you're cutting your vein open. Like it looks cool, but like why take the risk? But mm-hmm. <laughs> When you're an enhanced clone, it's worth the risk. I guess. I don't know. 
It's not useful in combat or anything, so I don't know what the deal is. It just looks cool, I guess. Yeah, so David, what are your thoughts? All right. Um, well, as you guys have already stated, visually, it was an amazing episode. The f- I sat down and watched it before going to work. Like, mm-hmm. And first, first that first shot, boom, that that rock mountain is like, that is visually beautiful. <laughs> then it, just, it just got better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I'm kind of on the same track with you, Aaron. Kind of how predictable their debates can be whenever they're on a mission or someone needs help. It's, it's kind of yeah. It's it's kind of becoming comical, where it's oh, guess who's gonna say oh, but they need help. We need to help them, or yeah, they've got a got a point. That's a point too. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of getting a little old to see, mm-hmm. um, but it does play in well to the to the episodes. I think um, I did. I actually loved the clone commandos and. <clears throat> The stormtroopers with with the, the concept armor, that just dope. yeah, it it looked so cool. It, it's one of those like yeah, beautiful like they care about the franchise and they have the deep love and respect for it that they would go back to the OG Ralph McQuarrie and like honor his like find a way mm-hmm. to honor his his art, yep, and bring it back to life. And like now kids are going around, you know, kids are like looking it up, like where'd that come from? Oh, then. The, and like I don't know, just like it's just it's like the generational heritage of the star of the Star Wars as a franchise that it's just so well handled and honored by this crew by like Filoni. Like he gets it, he loves it, he lives and breathes it, and he like he he is a caretaker of the franchise. Yeah. And that attitude and that posture is appreciated for me as a fan. And I did not feel that attitude and posture from like the sequel trilogy and all that. Like it's just it's. Like, that's why I say, like, you have the keys to the kingdom. Like, you, Filoni, Favreau, you guys, like, love this. And I love that you love it, and I'm, I trust you with it, you know what I mean, as yep. a fan. And I'm, I'm okay with the creative decisions you're making because it's fun. It's fun to watch, and that, I love that. You, I can tell that you love what you do. You love this. You love waking up and dreaming stuff up and doing mm-hmm. it, you know, and that's cool. And it, it, I would love to get inside their head mm-hmm. as they flip through stuff be like, you know, that's really cool. Like you know, wonder, he has that. Like wonder, he has the yeah. book on his coffee table oh, at home, yeah, and he sure. was just like at home one day, and like, oh gosh, we need to, we need to put the buckethead stormtrooper in our show. It's like, how would that yeah. look in a live action or mm-hmm. animated? And then it's just like, and he has it to where he's like, that's it, that's what mm-hmm. we need. Um, and he probably is texting George Lucas all the time. You know, <laughs> like I'm sure, like they're like back channeling, even though like George Lucas isn't supposed to be involved. You know, like Filoni is like getting the blessing from the Godfather. Through that kind of stuff and like George Lucas is able to implement his vision through Filoni as like his grandchild in the force right <laughs> yeah it's like his, like, his heir appearance there'll be a book about Filoni and he'll reveal all oh yeah that'd be great when he's like out of his NDA his non-disclosure he can like finally spill the beans on all that was all, all George yeah that'd be great Work, George is working it's in like shadows. in George's will like I I I demand like when george lucas dies it's like i demand that the story be told <laughs> once i'm dead <laughs> like that's you know like that'll be good i did like it too um as they were after they found gregor and echo's like i can direct him into a different direction and then he starts talking about how many clone commandos there are how many stormtroopers there are and then he brings up the tk numbers mm-hmm and how that's transitioning from the CT clone trooper. TK four two one, right? Was that Luke's mm-hmm. stolen yeah. one yeah. to the uh, the TK, the trooper mm-hmm. core? Mm-hmm. Which fun fact, I'm sure you guys know this. With the trooper core is from the German, right? Yeah, KOI, KORP. Yeah. So you get mod. the K instead of the C. Just like yeah, because stormtroopers comes from like Strom Trump, Strom Trump, and whatever from World War One. Like the guys that stormed the trenches. Yep. So yeah, that's all connected. Nice yeah. little nod. I did like the kind of like the conversation they had with Gregor about how the clone troopers are the replace or the stormtroopers are the replacements mm-hmm. for the. If you can believe that, he said, yeah, he's yeah. like incredulous mm-hmm. at. Yeah. And then he's saying like giving them the doctrine like it's quantity over quality, mm-hmm. and like he's giving basically the Tarkin slash Palpatine doctrine with the M- the Imperial like that's the same for Tie Fighters, even Star Destroyers and Stormtroopers. It's just sheer numbers and overwhelming numbers, and yep. cheap. Um, versus yeah, quality, 10 years of training clones 
that are just elite soldiers. I did like it too. Also, where Gregor said that these new recruits come, you know, he's like they come from all over the galaxy right. and they swear their allegiance to the mm-hmm. Empire, which it which is was legends. Mm-hmm. Now it's canon. Not the Republic, because the clones have the connection to the Republic. They're the yep. Grand Army of the Republic, so that yep. kind of needs to go away. If you're an emperor in an empire, you need loyal soldiers. Yep. And you're seeing all these clones not being loyal, or not yeah. being consistently loyal. Like they're just a bit of a wild card, and you got to tie up all those loose ends if you're the emperor. That's what's happening. Yeah, I did like it too. With when uh, Omega is pacing back and forth in the ship. And she and Wrecker's just sitting there with his yeah. legs up. I'm judging before I charge in. Yeah. He goes, "Oh, I'm sure they have it all handled." Then to switch over to them, they don't run into the hallway, <laughs> shoot with the the firefight going on. Mm-hmm. And I loved it how they had the uh, the clone commando. Which one was it from? Oh, Scorch. Scorch. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he's not named in there, but that's what everyone was saying. Where how like, he did oh, the, Scorch? The, how he flanked them, came up on the side. Yeah. Like he's there. He's kind of their peer. Like he's at their level of proficiency. And of the bad batch. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The others were not, and he's running circles around, obviously his own troops. Like, yeah, yeah that that goes again. It goes to show like there's a difference in quality to quantity there. Mm-hmm. It takes six stormtroopers to kind of put up resistance that one commando could have taken on those four guys. Yep. yep. And as far as like the clone troopers go, and uh, Aaron, you had mentioned like the inhibitor chips and clone troopers resisting, blah blah blah. Um, I'm gonna go with the route that. Gregor was able to do it because he was an um, com- he was a commando, where they didn't exactly have uh, inhibitor chips. Because um, in Legends, I think it's still the same in canon, they weren't as um, controlled as regs. They still had the um, efficient- efficiency in... Um, Kind of the the raw potential that Django had, um, right from the get go, so he didn't necessarily have all that aggressiveness or the mindset of Django that was, uh, I guess you could say, it was on a leash like the regs were, which is what we see throughout the Clone Wars, the TV show, mm-hmm. and then when Order sixty six is issued, all the clones they're like at that level, so that's that's the I guess the theory that i'm gonna run with just because for me it makes sense um now you could argue the fact with how the, the other clone commandos they were all like as soon as that firefight started they were all no oh, you're dead you're here you're not imperial you're right. you're dead um so i guess maybe he does have a chip in that explosion screwed his head up but it's kind of hard to say it's just interesting that they leave it without explanation. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially with how they've, like we said in the last couple episodes, where they've set everything up with, sure, you can try to fight it, right. but you're, yeah. you can't. You can't. Like for now, it's if the plot requires you to be on our guy's side, then your chip doesn't work. And if it doesn't require you, then your chip is not defective. Right. And that's the only reason it's plot, plot driven. It's a little bit surprising to see that and it makes me wonder if there isn't going to be a very hearty explanation in the next couple of episodes yeah that's true but i do think that i do think that um from a storytelling perspective it's really quite effective like the idea that you have you know these clones who are because you have the batch who are completely outside you have people like crosshair who are rapidly obedient and then you have these kind of people in the middle who are like they're in there like Hauser or Gregor, right? But they, they're like, they have a conscience. Right. And they're, but they're, but, and they're, they, they were involved up to a certain point and then they reach a breaking point and then they, they try to rebel, but they're, they're, they're stuck. Like, yep. so they're captured or imprisoned or whatever. And I think it's all just very, everything that's going on, right? It's like, it, it, one of the things I think that the, the clones who resist, what it does is it just makes, and everything does this. It just makes it very clear as we progress. Like, the Empire is evil. Like, and they don't care about anyone. And they don't have a conscience. And they mm-hmm. don't struggle with anything. Like, why are we doing this? Or who's doing this? You know, it's like, it's like they're just cold. Unlimited efficient. power. You know, I think, the, I think the whole thing with the Stormtroopers is just literally like, it's cheaper. And who cares how many of them die? Like, and so many people are willing to sign up because they're desperate for work yeah, right yeah, at this point in the post it's like a post-war economy where everything's been ravaged so it's like 
the only thing that a young man can do these it's days is like is you get three squares in a bunk right, right. um which they kind of gave us that, yep. that conversation yep. back yep. in the beginning like where it's like well the, you know the republic never you know there's no better prospect or you go into like a criminal organization probably like you can join the hut cartel or whatever as your mm-hmm. two options or try to be a smuggler and if or you think about it too it's palpatine played it brilliantly he broke the galaxy now it's like we can fix this galaxy but we're going to need mm-hmm. more right more support throughout through the imperial military mm-hmm. to it's spread. a shakedown it's the same thing as like yeah. you know you burn you know threaten to burn someone's house down and if they don't buy the insurance and if they do great if they don't burn their house down and collect well, anyway he's, he's, yeah he's he's <laughs> both the person creating the vacuum and he's the person yep. filling the vacuum and he's he's a problem solver right <laughs> he's like and he's and he's and 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 ev- most everyone right is of no consequence to him like mm-hmm. he doesn't care what, how that you know like all of his machinations are only at, at a well, even like, high level he doesn't care about the life of any other mm-hmm. being well I, I was I was playing through Battlefront 2 and they have that Operation Cinder or whatever and he mm-hmm. one of his targets is Naboo which is where he's from so like he had yeah, set he up care. he doesn't care that like he had set up a plan that if he dies we're gonna like destroy my home planet and everybody I know and love or whatever like that's that's cold, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. I don't. I still don't understand that's that that operation. It's like, why would you like destroy like loyal worlds? Um, is it just to keep everyone else in line? Like, even in a loyal world, isn't is is not out of the reach? Of well, the main state. goal of that, if I'm re- remembering it correctly, was just to create so much chaos that the New Republic wouldn't be able to keep track of mm-hmm. all the Imperial forces. Mm-hmm. So then they could regroup. Oh, okay. Because at that point. Palpatine on Jakku was planning on, well, he had, his plan was to send out probe droids throughout the unknown regions to find a place where the Empire could hide from the New Republic and rebuild. Which becomes Exegol in canon, uh, or or wherever the First Order came from, is where that ends up being. Well... The, the first order was like a little more mobile. They didn't really have a base of uh, like a they become like star a... killer base, right? That's where they're from yeah. ultimately, or mm-hmm. where they kind of launch from. Yeah, yeah. Which is apparently within you know eye shot of the capital of the New Republic, if we're to believe like when they launch those missiles, and then you can see it from Maz's castle, like from atmosphere, you can see like the moon to Mars. Wherever. <laughs> yeah, it's like within eye shot. It's like, oh, how did this entire first order rise up under your nose yeah i got Whatever. my own little issue with that but <laughs> because plot that's why <laughs> i i blame my mothma but okay. okay yeah they relocated it to chandrilla instead of coruscant mm-hmm. they didn't even try to like turn coruscant back to be no that that because probably i guess it got pretty wasted in that episode yeah three. Mm-hmm. yeah and uh and that's what I wish that we had in like episode nine that it kind of began in Coruscant and then it would be brought back. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have been kind of like a cool uh, nod to like the um, aftermath books and uh, like how like the New Republic failed because it kept moving its um, capital capital from yeah. like one planet to the other. It was like Chandrilla and then it yeah. became Hosnian. The because they blew up the handling um, of the so. new republic in the sequel movies was ridiculous they made no explanation they made no attempt to explain which is rational that like the resistance is a unsanctioned mm-hmm. like black ops that the new republic it's had to have books. public distance yeah, from it. It. but like it's in the in movies the if you're a casual fan you're like i don't understand why like if they won the last movie then why are they like resisting the new order like what is this i don't understand yeah. because well, they were, I th- they were I more think they interested were... in rebooting yeah, yeah i they, guess uh, yeah yeah they yeah. They, uh, they, they. I think their uh, um, logic behind it was that the, um, like, outside of like that uh, talk in, uh, like, in the uh, conference room with Tarkin, uh, A New Hope didn't really establish too much about the Empire, like, on, on like how it. Um, yeah, you just knew there was an yeah, Emperor because it, it, it was just a little more self-explanatory, and mm-hmm. I think Force Awakens kind of also is a little more self-explanatory. I mean, there was a deleted scene where uh, um, they were going to send somebody to talk with the New Republic, which mm-hmm. unfortunately that cut, got well, cut. Well, even, so Tarkin just saying in that conference room, uh, like, 
I'm just I've just been told that like the emperor has like mm-hmm. given their governors direct control and the old the last remnants of the old republic are swept away. That gives you enough context to go like oh okay like the empire is like on the on the ascendancy right. Force in Awakens this story. Didn't even do that. And they don't even, yeah they don't even yep. do an equivalent of that in Force Awakens, which would have been nice to like set the stage a little bit. Because I, I was so confused know. like why is this, why is there a resistance? I like, didn't even know in, when I first watched The Force Awakens who, who they were blowing like, up. Like, who are they blowing up and why should yeah. I care? Like, who are these people? This, uh, what planet was that? They, like, focused on the one lady. I'm like, are we supposed to know who that is? Why? Like, they focus yeah, on her and I'm like... Yeah, she was the deleted scene. Yeah, so, like, I don't know why... Like, I don't... I, yeah, I feel nothing. Was... I felt... You feel something about Alderaan because you're watching Leia watch her, 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 you know, her own planet get blown up. That right. There was a connection there. They were trying to do an Alderaan moment in that movie yeah, and it just didn't... It laid flat because they didn't set it up right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, that's right. that's Rabbit in the hole. future <laughs> to this My story. Bad. I started a rant. Um, so for ratings, I'd say this is a this is like a solid eight eight and a half for me, and probably in my top five. I can't remember which ones are in my top five anymore. Um, and I don't I don't know which one this edged out. I guess is what I'll say because <laughs> I, I probably had a top five before, and I don't know which one I just kicked out of the top five. But um, it, I just I, I'm a sucker for a for a, a imperial base raid. Uh, episode of anything you know what i mean just the nostalgia of the the lights the doors that close like the two-way doors i mean they they literally use the death star set for this and the music and i'm there for it and i don't even care that it was ripped off from it and like it, it it's continuity in in universe and i love it i just love an imperial base <laughs> so yeah it's a solid eight eight and a half for me I'm going to be weird with this one. I'm going to rate it an 8.86. Mm. <laughs> that is weird. <laughs> not, qu- oh, so, so, not quite dang. a 9, but I really enjoyed it. Um, another thing, too, was with the chasing with the uh, the Marauder and the V-Wings, I was getting some... I don't know if you guys played Call of Duty Big Red 1 back when it came out on PlayStation mm-hmm. PlayStation 2. Uh, there was a mission on that where you were in like a b24 liberator and you're in like the ball turrets and you go to the other end of the ship oh, okay. and you're using the machine guns i really got that vibe when with when wrecker was mm-hmm. using the tail gunner so yeah i love that yeah they use that like 1970s tech uh targeting computers they yeah, still yep. do that i think a nice throwback yeah and so like... i'm rating it weirdly because it's close to a nine but not quite a nine okay uh justin um yeah, I really liked this episode, um, and I liked, and then I watched it again, and I liked it even more. And then I was like, oh, I'll do it a third time and see if I get tired of it. Nope. Yeah. So uh, I definitely would give it a uh, nine point two. Hmm. So Vic, I forgot what I rated the first first one, but it's mm-hmm. probably up there close by it. Mm-hmm. So we probably all rated that first one as a ten. I, yeah, or close. Yeah, or nine, somewhere around there. All right, Aaron. Man, I was really torn because the first time I watched this episode, I actually had a lot of mixed feelings about it. Mm-hmm. But then the second time I watched it, it really made more sense to me. Um, hmm. So I think um, I'd say I I think it's an eight, with with but I think because of what I. The way it ended and the way it's going to connect to the last two episodes, I think it could go higher. Yeah. Um, like a trio of episodes, perhaps. Yeah. Like it'll be a trio. Well, I think that was definitely a... Yeah. It's a, it's a three-episode arc. arc. And yeah. the fact that they um, put a, a Hunter squarely in that captured mm-hmm. moment, like that that was pretty good. Like, and didn't see that coming. And it really raises the stakes... The stakes were already pretty high, I think, mm-hmm. for the last two episodes, but that really raises the stakes. Yep. Like now we have like one of our one of the bad batches is yep. totally captured. So um I say a solid eight, eight and a half <clears throat> for me. Yep. Um I thought there was just probably more good than bad for sure. Sh- There's definitely more good than bad. But mm-hmm. I don't know that I would um yeah, I feel like it's gonna I think like after we watch the last two episodes, I think I'll like it even more. Mm. So it seems like there's absolutely no connection to the last episode. Does that seem right? Yeah. No, there wasn't. <laughs> no. even, I mean, apart from my, saying Sid's name. <laughs> my only thought is if they use Roland as one of their allies in mobilizing for the rescue, like his network or his mom's network, I guess. Like they needed to have Roland introduced so that we could use Roland. Is it Roland, right? The guy, yeah. the Durant, devil I guy? it was Durant. Durant, yeah. Oh, Durant, yeah, that guy, the devil guy, <laughs> uh, the devil species, or whatever they call it. Uh, 
that guy, I feel like they are going to use him, and that's why they had the episode with him in it, which is randomly placed there the last time, last episode. But if they don't, then it's like that was totally a like a one-off episode. That I was think just, they need 16 episodes, and they have a random side adventure that they just threw in randomly in the order. I think he's second season fodder. Okay. That's yeah. my take on it. I'd agree. Yeah. Right. I don't think he'll yeah. show up in this season. But I, think, I think he will come back. I think we'll, we'll get more info from Sid and yeah. her network and connections. So if Cad Bane was hired by Cameron Noens and they're out of the picture, is he? Uh, do you think they introduced him just to remind us he's still around and we'll bring him back when it's convenient, even like an old man version in uh, Book of Boba Fett? Or do you think he's going to be one of the allies that they might need right, right now, uh, him and or uh, the other Bonnie Hunter? Um, yeah. Or even I, Boba Fett? I, I think I'd go with your first option. I mean, I feel like he's kind of like the... Uh... Darth Maul of mm-hmm. uh, of uh, this era now, like where it's like Darth mm-hmm. Maul was like from Episode One, and then got axed off, and then so and then he came back uh, whenever it was convenient. But Darth Maul it does exist, and, then, and he's alive right now, right in yep. this show. So he he's yeah mm-hmm. potentially involved in some way or could be. I think uh, if, I think I, he'd be like yeah. regrouping uh, his mm-hmm. uh, uh, crime segment kid, the Pikes, yep. and then like creating a crimson dawn mm-hmm. so which that's again if you're doing season two three or whatever of bad batch you could bring in crimson dawn mm-hmm. at that point easily. i think if anything and as far as little... the bounty hunters go mm-hmm. i think we'll get finnick shan back yeah i on, think we're more on her own to see her than cad Bane. do you think yeah. she actually cares about omega as and like the, it's not for this isn't a job at this point because the Kaminoans aren't around to steal to like pay her to do a job like she's tracking like is she you know, is Boba Fett keeping tabs on what's going on there? And like, she's with him already. And there's a connection there. Like, are we going to see Boba Fett next episode? I don't think we'll get Boba Fett. Because of, I know. think he's just too young. Unless we do a time jump. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think, I think that the danger here is that there, there are two episodes left, and it's just it can get too crowded with uh-huh. characters. I mm-hmm. think that we're going to get. I mean, the Bad Batch, the Imperials. Crosshair, like I do think we're gonna see Tarkin and Vader again. I think all of that is gonna be the central focus. I think if any of those other peripheral characters are involved, Fennec Shand is the most likely Mm -hmm. because I think that there's because of her connection to Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Mm -hmm. this show, like she's clearly like a character that's permanently gonna be part of what's going on. Yep. Um, I don't think we're gonna get Boba Fett, Maul, or even Cad Bane. Mm-hmm. Although I think bringing back Cad Bane and Fennec Shand would be interesting because I think they've they've done enough to like make us forget about them, mm-hmm. so that if they came back, it would be like, oh yeah. And they were fighting last time we saw them, right? Yep. Over yeah. the money, or over the credits for Omega for Omega, and for Omega. But now, now there's none of that motivation. No one's paying them, and no one has a hit out on Omega or whatever a capture hit. So. <laughs> Well, a, Cad, why would they be evolved? But if Cad they were, Bane then it would be on their own. But I could see where Nalase could still reach out to Fennec. So she's yeah. doing a favor for Nalase. Because she's still alive. Nalase, yeah. Right. Yeah, yes, Nalase, right. yeah. And she's still motivated to, to, to rescue Which is weird because she's the one who... I mean, the Prime Minister got in trouble. Tondu, or not Tondui. Um, Lamasu. Lamasu yes. mm-hmm. got in trouble for... For having, right? Like, why wouldn't they punish her? Why would they punish him? He because she, she's the one who was like going around, like trying to sneak people off. Because uh, Rampart she, said she's the brain. Yeah. Oh, they like need he her. can use a scientist. They don't need not a politician. politician. Yeah, that's right. She's yeah. like the CEO. It's like yeah, we just need. Or she's the, the COO, and they don't need a CEO. They need the, the operations person. They just yeah. need they need to bring that. It's very mm-hmm. similar to like the whole idea of like the Nazi scientists being mm. recruited by the Russians. The Russians the grabbed them. Yeah, they don't like, need they don't need Hitler or top right. Nazi party people. They need the we actual need scientists, who do the rocket Braun. people, the nuke people. We don't yeah, need Adolf. Yeah, exactly. That's good. All right. Any other speculation? I'm so like I'm I'm really really at a loss for speculation at this point i think that i think that um hunter getting captured really threw off my sense of like what the story was going to be like Hmm. um but i think clearly i think we're i think it's pretty clear we're headed towards a kaminoan uh towards a clone 
Revolt. Clone Revolt. Yeah. I think Hauser is going to be KIA. I think how I think Hauser is with or going to be with. You know, he's he's captured and he's he's with Hunter or going to be with Hunter in the in the detention area, and I think he's going to have a heroic death in the uprising or in the revolt or some way. Hauser's got a target or you know Hauser is expendable in a good way because um, we don't see him again. Uh, but they could they could bring him they could keep him on for longer. Like he could be a new if they kill one of our main bad batch, he could then jump in as the fourth member right if they kill one of the main people are we still on a record dies uh concept i was on the record dies i'm on uh, it's still a possible i'm on sid <laughs> sid <laughs> yeah, I, guess, I, yeah. I still think they're gonna, gonna need her yeah uh-huh. they're gonna involve her i mean for the setup i think i think record the... dies and i think by the end of this season i, I just don't see the bad batch whoever survives regardless of who survives I don't see them staying in that middle ground anymore. Mm-hmm. And if they stay in the middle ground for another season, I think that's... They're just going to join Rex in the nascent I think rebellion. they're going to end up yeah. on the side of... Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And Omega will be the one to tell them to. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. Okay, well, is that all? Do we have anything else to say? No, nope. can't wait nope. for the last two episodes. I know. Yeah. yeah. So, super well, excited yet yeah. nervous. Got it. holding our breaths and uh, putting our uh, Bad Batch uh, Deadpool uh, chart up and seeing who uh, gets it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're taking bets now for who's going to survive mm-hmm. and who won't. Yeah. yeah. We have a bunch of Wrecker, uh, one mm-hmm. for Hunter, uh, I'll one call, for, uh, a couple for Sid. I'll call Hauser too. So. Just why not? And Crosshair and Crosshair and Echo too. Hmm. Yep. I'm going three. Mm. And Sid. Don't forget mm. Sid. Sid, Echo, yeah. and Crosshair. Yeah, doubling the stakes <laughs> now. Uh, so. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thanks for joining us. We will see you next time. And may the force be with you. Always. Always.